Awesome. Uh, well, we've been doing a series called Voices of the Soul, and this series is all about our emotional worlds, and uh, I've never done a whole series on emotions before, and um, I've been excited about the series. I mean, it's been hard, but it's been good. Uh, we began the series by looking at the Psalms and uh, the rawness of the Psalms and the raw emotion found in the Psalms. And I don't know about you, but the, the Psalms were, was that book of the Bible that I was scared of for so long in my Christian life because the emotions were just so real and some of the emotions just seemed like they were not even Christian. They were so raw and so harsh and so just out there. Uh, but through the Psalms, we see that God is giving us permission to feel and to feel deeply, to feel the highest highs and the lowest lows and to express raw emotion, even though sometimes it comes out as it does in the Psalms with anger at God and saying things that aren't even theologically correct, but the Psalms are saying it's okay to feel and okay to release emotion in healthy ways. And so that's where we began our series. And um, we talked even about writing your own psalm and learning to, to, to journal or to write poems or releasing that emotion because that's what the Psalms are. Um, they are songs and poems that people wrote uh, just expressing their emotion. And then we uh, talked about last week about taking the hard road and how so often in life we just want to take, take the easy road. Uh, we want life to be easy, and I do, you do. That's just the way we're wired because we don't like hard stuff. But we often do that in our emotional world, that we don't want to take the hard road and, and digging down and finding out, you know, why am I afraid? Why Am I scared of abandonment? Why do I have this, this unhealthy fear? And what is going on? We just want to go around that. And so we talked about this phrase called spiritual bypassing. And how often we will use uh, Christian practices or Bible verses to, to just kind of go around our emotion. Instead of dealing with this hard thing, we just pretend like it's not there. We stomp on it and we spiritually bypass. And again, here are a couple definitions. Uh, spiritual bypassing is the use of spiritual ideas or practices to avoid facing or dealing with unresolved emotional content or pain. It is the avoiding dealing with our true feelings. Or spiritual bypassing simply means that you use spiritual concepts, platitudes, or activities to bypass or avoid dealing with your true feelings, especially the hard ones like anger, grief, fear, loneliness, envy, and shame. And a lot of times those can be very difficult emotions. And so again, we just, wanna, we just don't want to feel that. So we, we try to get around it. And we try to pretend it's not there. And we, we come to church with our happy little face on, hoping that it's just going to disappear into la-la land sometimes. But I tell you, there are lots of Christians who've been in church for 20 or 30 years, and they're still walking uh, very emotionally immature because they're always taking the spiritual bypass. They're never looking within. And so that's what we began to talk about last week, and we're going to continue to talk about this concept this week. Now, just so we get a good handle on this, let me give you some more examples, uh, different ones from last week, of what a spiritual by bypass might look like. And again, the idea of a spiritual bypass is if someone comes to you, or you yourself have a feeling... Instead of bringing God into it, instead of dealing with it and being curious about that emotion, you quickly just try to shove it away and throw on like a little nice comfy little Disneyland statement to hide it. So it could look like this. Maybe someone comes up and, and says, 
you know, my brother passed away yesterday. A spiritual bypass would be someone who responds and says, oh, you know, well, God works all things for good. Instead of meeting that person in their pain and sitting with them and inviting God into that, it's just like, let's just go around that because we just want to be happy. <laughs> we don't want one of those sad feelings around here. Or someone says, you know, I'm so angry at my boss. A spiritual bypass would be someone who just steps in there and says, oh, just put it behind you. Being angry doesn't help. You know, angry is not a good thing. If you, you're a Christian, you shouldn't be angry. There's no room for that. You just got to, you know, keep up, you know. Or someone says, I'm so sad today. I feel down. And immediately your response is, well, hey, Jesus has joy for you. Just enter into it. You know, no room for that sadness. Just just be happy. Just have the joy, brother. (laughs) And you're avoiding this whole realm of bringing God into emotions and being curious about why that's there and bringing true healing. We often just want to go around. Or maybe someone says, you know, I'm feeling really depressed this week. And they tell you a whole story of everything that went wrong and why they're just down and they're struggling. A spiritual bypass might just be someone who says, hey, you just have to stay positive. I mean, don't think about those horrible things. Just don't even think about that and don't make room for that. Just, just stay positive. But someone who understands emotions and understands the Psalms and understands Jesus felt emotions might say something more like this. You know, I'm sure it feels hard to be positive in a situation like that. That you always start with the emotion and connect with that person. And then maybe through the conversation, you can get to a, a place where you maybe say, you know, you know, you should try to stay positive on some of these things, but, but first you got to meet with that person and, and not spiritually bypass. Uh, a spiritual bypass might be, you know, stop being so negative. But perhaps it's more emotionally mature to say, you know, it's normal to feel negative in a situation like this. Or a spiritual bypass might be, just look for the good. But perhaps sometimes it's better to say, you know, it's probably really hard to see any good in this right now. Again, to connect with that person's heart. Or a spiritual bypass might be, you know, there are worse people off in the world and you should be thankful, you know, at least you don't live there or at least you don't have that happening to you. I know it's much more powerful and loving to meet with someone and say, you know, this must be really tough. I'm here for you. And connect with them in an emotional way. Or a spiritual bypass, you know, it'll all turn out for good. And maybe what needs to be said is I understand why you don't feel okay in this situation right now. You see, we need to have an environment where people feel safe to share their emotion. And if you step in so quickly with a spiritual bypass, all of a sudden people will don't feel safe. Because if I share that emotion, they're not going to hear me. They're not going to see me. They're just going to try to squash it and, and try to, you know, just try to fix it with some sort of, you know, Bible verse or a platitude or something that kind of puts it on top. And, and so that's spiritual bypassing. It's not allowing people to feel. It's not allowing yourself to feel. And it's taking the easy road around without actually meeting someone and bringing God into that emotion. So last week, we talked about why we spiritually bypass, why we tend to do this. And a lot of folks are talking about this, that the church has really been like the master of spiritual bypassing. And some of the reasons are, number one, We spiritually bypass because we might assume this is what Christianity is. That Christianity is only about sparkles and bubbles and Disneyland. And therefore, everything has to be happy, and you have to be happy all the time. And so there's no room for anger or frustration or despair. And so if we feel anger or frustration or despair, we just like, I'm going to squash that and put that behind me because that's not what Christianity is about. And we don't actually listen to our emotions. 
We talked about number two, that we spiritually bypass when we believe. We can't face or change what is going on inside. I mean, everybody has their pain. And, uh, and as a pastor, I've talked to people who, I mean, just have had just everything go wrong after wrong after wrong in their life. And, and sometimes, you know, if you've been through extreme abuse or terrible situations, you can believe that I just can't get through this. It's too big. It's too scary. And so instead of actually looking within and trying to bring healing, we just, we just pretend everything's okay. We, we walk around with a smile on our face and, because we don't believe we can. But the reality is, with God you can. With God, when you invite him into your inner world and you get the right people around you, you can heal. Number three, we can spiritually bypass when we think there is always a shortcut to emotional healing. And this is an easy one for us, as we talked about last week, because we believe in miracles, right? <laughs> we believe God can do the impossible. You know, cancer can be healed and, and things that are wrong can be made right in a second. And so uh, we love miracles. We love miracles here. And, but it can become a spiritual bypass. That instead of dealing with our emotional stuff, we're just always, God, would you just take this away? Whenever that feeling comes up, God, I don't want to feel that way. Would you just heal me? And you get, try to get someone just to, to heal it without actually working on the junk inside. And if I were to throw out some advice of now over 20 years as a pastor, that most of the time, you're going to have to invite God in the mess and walk through it. I mean, uh, that's just the way it happens, often in our emotional world. And if you continually just hope and hope and hope that one day God's just going to bring a miracle, and He might, you may just end up being emotionally stuck for the rest of your life. So be careful of shortcut thinking. Number four, we spiritually bypass and we do not allow ourselves or others to be human. We'll talk about that in a second again. And number five, we spiritually bypass when we believe emotions are bad. And this was a big one for me. Uh, and we have this phrase, like, negative emotions. <laughs> Actually, emotions aren't negative in themselves. Uh, emotions are very good. They can be expressed in negative ways. But if we enter this world thinking that certain emotions like anger or frustration are bad, then as soon as we feel them, we're going to want to spiritually bypass instead of dealing with them. So as we've been doing, let me just read a psalm before we get into the points today. And again, the psalms basically tell us it's okay to feel. And it's okay to feel a wide range of emotions from the highest highs to the lowest lows and frustration. And it's okay to feel those things within a 30-second span because that's about how long the psalm is. And this has the, the range of emotions of life. Psalm 42 As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before Him? Day and night I have only tears for food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking, as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sounds of a great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I'll put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged. 
but I will remember you, even from distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mizar. I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me, but each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. Oh God, my rock, I cry, why have you forsaken me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones. They scoff, where is this God of yours? Why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. And it's just a beautiful psalm of someone exploring their emotional world. And, and when they're thinking about God, they're like, I'm so hopeful and I, it's so amazing, but then I'm, I'm so discouraged and I'm, I'm so broken. And, and the, you know, why is my heart sad? What, is, what in the world is going on in my heart, really? What a great question. That's what the psalmist is asking. And so again, the psalms tell us that it's okay to feel this. I mean, life is not always, again, Disneyland and bubbles. I mean, sometimes life can be di difficult, and sometimes we have a hard time seeing that in, in our Western culture. So here's the topic for today. Uh, I just want to look at some signs that we're spiritually bypassing. Uh, so we looked at some, um, last week talked a little bit about uh, the reasons we do now, some signs that, that, if, that, that you or me are spiritually bypassing, or why the church can spiritually bypass. And the first one is, that we suppress what is going on in our emotional world. And if we suppress what is going on in our emotional world, it can be a sign of, of doing that because we're spiritually bypassing. And if you are somebody like me for most of my life who couldn't really feel deep feelings or at least didn't express them, if you're someone who can't really cry deeply or laugh hysterically, it may be that there's some emotions being suppressed. And I know because I lived most of my life like that. I mean, uh, you know, when my mom died about eight or nine years ago, I didn't shed even a single tear. You know, she passed away, and I think, you know, uh, got Basil to rush in to go preach for me, and I headed off to Kelowna to the hospital, and she, uh, she dated, died of ALS, and, uh, and the next week I was just back preaching. And uh, was, my, my emotional world was very suppressed, and I've talked a little bit about how I didn't grow up in an emotional home, but but also I didn't feel I had permission because somehow I thought certain emotions were, were bad. And after all, you know, I'm supposed to be the Christian and Christians are super Christians and, and I'm the leader so I have to have everything together and only be happy. Uh, we can suppress emotion uh, very easily. Uh, but again, the scripture gives us permission to say, you know, it's okay to actually cry. And, it, and it's okay to, to laugh hysterically. And, and it's okay to laugh at even something, a joke that maybe is inappropriate because sometimes they're so funny, you know. Uh, don't suppress your emotional world. As Psalm 126, I mean, again, we see this range of emotions. Uh, our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. I mean, do, are you in touch with your emotions to laugh hysterically? And, uh, you know, I've been exploring this world this, this, this last while. I mean, I've never laughed more like in the last little while. And Marie and I have had some good laughing fits over certain memes and stuff. And uh, your mouth's filled with laughter. Or the opposite, Psalm 66. I am worn out from my groaning. All night long I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. Again, 
saying that emotions are okay. You don't, I mean, uh, so if you're constantly suppressing them, if you feel them bubbling up, you push them down because somehow you think that's not spiritual or whatever it is, that can be a sign of spiritual bypassing. And again, sometimes we, we have this, this, this idea that if I just squish them and hide them long enough, if I just pretend I'm happy and suppress those emotions, that somehow that's going to make everything better. But research now is quite clear that when you suppress emotions, it doesn't make things better. They just pop up negatively in other spots. As Dr. Allison Cook said, unacknowledged loneliness and pain can come out in an avalanche of anxiety. Unacknowledged pain might come out as depression. It might lead to an affair or a violent outburst. It might even lead you to reject your faith or hurt others. I mean, I mean this idea that somehow if we just suppress our emotions is going to make us more spiritual. Or if we suppress them somehow, I'm going, to be, I'm, going to be, I'm going to be fixed. No, get into the Psalms. Learn how to read your emotions. Learn how to express them in healthy, healthy ways. Now, the second reason we might spiritually bypass is that we can diminish our humanness, and, and we believe that, again, emotions are not spiritual, and we kind of talked about this already, uh, but it's easy to think that some emotions are negative and therefore bad, and as a Christian, you shouldn't do anything negative and you shouldn't do anything bad, so you shouldn't have certain emotions. But again, we spent quite a bit of time on this last week looking at Jesus. Jesus had lots of emotions, frustration, anger, disgust, you know, he was upset at times, and, and we would think of those things as maybe negative emotions, but, and we'd think that if I was just closer to Jesus, I would never feel those ways, but as we said last week, you know, there's no one closer to Jesus than Jesus was with Jesus because he was Jesus, if that makes sense, and therefore those emotions were actually perfect because it's part of Christian doctrine that Jesus lived a life without sin, and yet he was deeply angry at times and frustrated and, and filled with stress so much that he sweated blood. I mean, those emotions are perfect. He lived fully God, fully human, and those are human emotions. I mean, sometimes we pretend that we're not human. In a lot of my life, I lived my life like I wasn't actually human. So we can spiritually bypass when we don't let ourselves be human. Again, sometimes we spiritually bypass because we will focus on some scriptures and ignore others, or we focus on the ideal and we forget that we're actually living in a broken world, like Paul. You know, he says things like, and these are great spiritually bypassing verses, they're true, they're the ideal, we live and we pray for these things, yes, but, but, but life is sometimes hard. <laughs> Always be full of joy in the Lord, Paul says. Or do not be anxious about anything. And we love that. And I want that. You want that. We pray for that. We hope for that. That's the ideal. I mean, that's what we're working towards. But we're also human in a broken world. And Paul was human in a broken world. Like he says this. There is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Paul was feeling anxious and, and overwhelmed with all the stuff going on in the churches. And, and he's the guy who said, don't be anxious ever. But he's like... I'm really anxious right now, and that's okay. Or Paul said, sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. And sometimes we need to le uh, learn to carry different emotions. Uh, number three, we can spiritually bypass um, if we prevent others from showing raw emotions. When we prevent others from showing raw emotions. So when you see someone crying, laughing, angry, frustrated, 
You want to jump in and try to put their emotions in a cage. And, and, and the church has done really well <laughs> at putting emotions in, in the cages. And different flavors of Christianity allow for different emotions and put other emotions in cages. I mean, if you go to, say, some very strict, fundamentalistic kind of Christianity, uh, there may be room for, you know, extreme guilt and maybe tears and, 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 and sorrow because they're, they're all about, you know, God hates you and you better turn to him so he can love you and, you know, there's all these rules and you're a dirty, rotten sinner and you better repent and so they make room for, for sorrow and despair and tears, but you had better not laugh in church because God is serious. So don't even smile. <laughs> and so there are some churches that, that allow for one kind of emotion but reject the other. And then you see churches the opposite. I mean, you go more to the charismatic end. I mean, there, there's lots of room for laughter. I mean, there's been movements of God where the whole church will break out in laughter and, and laugh, laugh, laugh hysterically and because, because of the move of God. And those things are allowed, but, but you better not feel discouraged. That's not allowed. You better not be frustrated because that's not allowed. And so... You see these different emotions in different movements where, yeah, some churches allow this emotion, but not that one. They allow for this emotion, but not that one. And so when you see an emotion sometimes because it makes it uncomfortable, we, we want to put it in a cage. You know, again, sometimes we, we think that, that God is so serious, you better not laugh in church. <laughs> you know, I remember years and years ago, some of you, I think Deanna would remember Pastor Dan, uh, probably well, it was about 20 years ago, but I remember he said something super funny in a sermon I was listening to, and you know how everybody kind of laughs at sometimes when the pastor makes a joke, but, but you ever had that laughter that just doesn't stop, and you really start biting your cheek, and you bite your tongue, and then it just comes out like, ah, and then you're like, bite your, well, me and this other guy, I mean, we, I don't know why we thought it for Sunday, but we couldn't stop laughing. And we're biting our tongues, and then you'd hold it for like 30 seconds, and then you just burst out, and I mean, and everybody looks at you and so, says, you know, shouldn't be laughing in church, you know, as back then when church was a bit more serious. Uh, but sometimes we don't allow for emotions, so we want to cage them up. I mean, another example in church is, is things like dancing. You know, a lot of folks want to, they look at the emotion of someone dancing for God, they want to cage it up. That's not allowed. <laughs> sometimes because they themselves are unable to feel joy. They themselves are not free. And so when they see someone freely expressing emotion to God, they want to they cage it up and say, that's not allowed, or like, that's distracting me. I can't worship when someone's dancing like that. And really, it, it's, it's, it's just a spiritual bypass a lot of times. I mean, the reality is that the, the Psalms speak a lot about emotions, and we, in fact, we see God even dancing in Zephaniah 3, where it says, for the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. And, and here's where sometimes we lose some a little bit in this translated to the English because the Greek word for rejoice actually means here to spin around under violent emotion. And some translations actually translate this this, that, that God will dance over you with joyful songs. This is the idea that, that God is so thrilled with you that he's violently, emotively dancing in front of you. Like, I'm so happy for you and I love you so much. And, and yet in the church, we're like, no, that's not allowed. <laughs> no dancing in church, no emotions. We, we, we want to cage them up. And so sometimes when we walk in church, we will see someone who is broken 
And everything on us wants to just spiritually bypass that. And we want to jump in and fix it because you shouldn't feel that way. And sometimes it's healthy to just ask the question, God, do you want me to approach them or not? Because sometimes people just need to sit in that moment with God. Sometimes when you jump in there, you can wreck the moment that God's at work. And if God is leading you into there, don't spiritually bypass. Connect with their emotion. Bring God into that. Uh, be careful of spiritually bypassing uh, emotions. And so God has a, these zealous dancing emotions, and yet sometimes we don't allow that in the church. On the other hand, we see Jesus, we looked at this last week, where it says, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. And sometimes we can look at someone, maybe in the church, and they're, they have a deep anger over something that happened. And again, we want to put that emotion in a cage and not allow it. That's not allowed for Christians. I mean, the church can be very good at caging the highs and the lows of emotion. And the Psalms tell us that we've got to get rid of the cages. Now, we need to learn to express those emotions in healthy ways, which I think we'll finally start talking about next week. But, but we don't want to prevent others from showing raw emotion. We want to make sure that, that is, is, we're able to release that. Um, also, uh, number four, you desire to shut down emotions that are different than your own. Romans 12 says to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn, or 2 Corinthians 6, talking about being sorrowful yet rejoicing, or that psalm we read, Psalm 42, the highest highs, the lowest lows, one psalm. And here's the thing about community. Anytime you walk into this church, there are people here with those wide range of emotions. There will be people here who've had just an awesome week. Everything went well. They felt that God has just been blessing them in every single area, and they're thrilled, and they feel so close to God, and they come here with joy. And there's other people who walk in here and maybe got the worst news they've ever had. You know, their relationship is struggling, or their, their finances are in the dump, or they're, they're struggling with their health, and they're broken. And, and if we're going to learn to navigate community, we have to learn to navigate different emotions. And, and what the temptation is, is that when we run into someone who's got the opposite emotion that we have, it takes everything in us to not spiritually bypass. So if you're feeling joy, and you run into someone who is angry, and they're frustrated, you will want to do everything to cage that emotion because you don't want them to affect you. <laughs> you, want, you want your joy robbed. And, I mean, you want, to, you want to push it away or vice versa. You walk in here and, and you're just down in the dumps and all of a sudden we start singing this song of extreme joy and you're just like, oh, worship song bugs me, you know, or whatever it might be because we want to spiritually bypass opposite emotions. And we need to learn to celebrate different emotions. You know, a few years ago, I uh, did a funeral in the morning the saddest day of someone's life. I mean, they were crushed. Uh, the family was in tears, and I had to, to bring the love of God into this most broken moment. And then literally after the funeral, I kept my same suit on, got in my car, and drove and did a wedding. The greatest day in someone's life where everybody was laughing and filled with joy and, and so up. And it's like, I mean, if you want to learn how to live in community, you have to learn how to carry different emotions. And you have to learn that even though if you're bubbly with joy, to be able to connect with someone in the same moment who is breaking and falling apart and meet with them and connect with their emotion and not spiritually bypass. And this is very, very important uh, even in, like, especially in relationships. Let me just throw out some relationship advice to you because sometimes the best advice comes from big mistakes. And um, 
you know, you know, Marie and I, we have a, a great marriage. We have tons of fun together. We laugh together, and uh, I love our marriage. But, but I've made some big mistakes in my marriage, and the biggest mistake I've made in our marriage was, was I've been a spiritual bypasser. Um, Marie is very much more open with her emotions. I've been very like, sheltered and, and stuffed down. And so what I would do is whenever she started to share emotions, like maybe she was frustrated or maybe she was sad, I mean, I would, it's, I would quickly as possible try to cage up that emotion. I would quickly as possible try to, try to fix that emotion and make it better and, uh, and you know, try to get her to feel better. And, and, and so you know, maybe she was frustrated with somebody and she starts to say, you know, this person really frustrated frustrated me today, I would always, always come with the devil's advocate. Well, you know, this person actually has some really good qualities and, you know, some really good things about them and, you know, they did this and, and it was not listening to her. I was just trying to, to, to cage up that emotion because somehow I thought certain emotions weren't spiritual and certain emotions aren't okay. And, uh, and the more we've been able to talk about it, I've realized, like, I mean, this has brought so much sadness in, into our marriage, at least in this one point. Because for years, my wife never actually felt really heard or actually really seen or even really safe. Because whenever she would bring up emotion, I would try to squash it or, you know, tell the other side and not, not really listen and not really sit there. And I just try to spiritually bypass it because, because I was scared of emotion. And so if anything, you want some relationship advice, I mean, Marie and I have been together for, she's like 30, 30, well, 25 years. Um listen to each other. Learn to listen emotionally. See each other. Connect with those emotions. Uh, number five, another reason we can spiritually bypass is, uh, or a symptom, sorry, is that when we blame others and we project our triggers, that as soon as you start to feel something, you quickly, it's someone else's fault, or if you feel triggered by someone, you quickly project your trigger back at them and say, well, you shouldn't have done that because you've triggered me. And triggers are a big thing in our culture right now, and a lot of stuff talking about triggers. But triggers often are signs that there is some broken emotional stuff in your life that may need to be looked at. I mean, we, there's lots of examples in the scriptures of this, especially around the Pharisees, because the Pharisees got triggered a lot. These, these religious folks who had you know, got their life from being right and got their life from having their religion in a box nightly stacked together, so if anybody came and poked that box, they would be, they'd be triggered. And they'd freak out because they were not getting their identity from God. They were getting their identity from a, a, another place. And so, like, here's an example in Acts 7. This is after Stephen was doing this little sermon. And, uh, and, and Stephen poked a bear <laughs> with the religious folks. And it says, when the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. They covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. They weren't willing to listen. They were so triggered. They were just fuming with the release of, I mean, this is talking about re releasing emotions in, in a negative way, but they were so triggered and it was all Stephen's fault. And that happens to us. We feel emotions. It's all your fault. This is why I feel, rather than saying, you know, maybe there's something broken in me that's causing this to be triggered. Maybe there's something I need to look at. Maybe I'm not getting my life from God in this area. Maybe this is a fear that I've, uh, I haven't quite explored. And so a symptom of spiritual bypassing can be that you are always blaming people and projecting your triggers. And last one is this. 
that we wear masks to hide our true emotions. This is a sign of spiritual bypassing, and, and, and again, we can be very good at this in the church where we show up, we have a nice little church face mask on, and we pretend everything is okay and great, and I had the best week, and God is so amazing, and, and which He is, but, but you might not be feeling it at the moment, but we just kind of have these masks. In fact, I was talking to someone after the first service who was just telling me about when they first started coming, not to this church, but another church, and they said every time they wanted to leave, because she was struggling and so broken, and she never saw that ever demonstrated or talked about in the church. It was all just happy, 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 and she felt so ashamed and, and so like, I mean, th- these, are, these are like, this is not even human, <laughs> that she struggled actually to go because, again, we can spiritually bypass certain emotions and not make room for them. And it's not surprising why we wear these masks, because all of us have had this experience probably, where you try to share an emotion with somebody, and all they do is they spiritually bypass it. They don't listen to you. They don't see you. They don't acknowledge it. They just quickly throw a spiritual bypass on it, and you feel more guilty, and you feel more shame, and you walk away feeling like a worse person for feeling that way, because that person just heaps shame on you by their, their response. Like, you should just have the joy, brother, or, you know, you should just, you know, God works all, th- all things for the good, and, and those are true, true things, but again, it's meeting people in that emotion, and having them feel heard and seen. And because sometimes we, when we express stuff and we're not seen and heard, it, it can, can be very easy. We just start wearing masks everywhere. And we show up at church and we pretend everything's okay when maybe something is not, is, is not actually okay. And, um, um, and, you know, my wife has been actually a huge encouragement in this area because, you know, a lot of you know my wife, Marie. Uh, she's not someone who wears a fake little nice turkey mask. <laughs> uh, she's very real and very open and can be very raw, and, and, uh, and you know, that scares some people. But here, you know the reality is, I'll give you a little insight, people talk to my wife. When people are struggling or they're broken or they're afraid of, because something's going on in their life, they open up to Marie because they realize she's someone who doesn't have a fake churchy face on, and, and they're like, you know, I can talk to this person. I actually call her the underground therapist. And she's constantly talking to folks and constantly bringing encouragement in their life because, I mean, they don't go to me. <laughs> Why? Because I have been a master at spiritual bypassing. I don't listen. I, you know, I just want to throw my, my fix on them. And, and uh, yeah, but my wife, she's got this brilliant gift of being able to just be real. And, and, and you can see that in her. I guess it scares some people. But I tell you, a lot of people find it so beautiful. And it encourages me just to be more real and open and, and just raw in that way because it's so inviting when you can, you're like, that's a safe person. I mean, think about how many people in your life are actually safe for you to talk to. You know, some of us might be, I don't have any. Some of you might be like, maybe one or two, it's rare. And this is why we wear masks in church. And this is why we need to work on this, <laughs> becoming a safe place where the, the most broken people can come in and feel heard and loved and God is brought in. And then even your pastor can come in feeling like he's had a crappy week and, and, and you just, you know, like, well, you're the leader. You're supposed to be joyful. I mean, I mean to allow for that because emotions are real and, 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 and uh, we don't want to be people who spiritually bypass. 